Hello and welcome to episode four of the Authentic You podcast series brought to you by Skills4. In this episode, we'll be talking about disability in the workplace and how this can still sometimes be a taboo subject. And more importantly, we're going to be talking to our guest about how we can change our views and the narrative around disability at work. I'm Jane Little and joining me today is Lisa McAteer, Legacy and Engagement Manager at Balfour Beatty. Lisa, welcome and thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for inviting me, Jane. It's always a delight to be able to talk about disability. Thank you. Well, we're really looking forward to hearing from you today. And I was very surprised to learn your shocking statistic that 0.1% of the construction workforce declare a disability in stark contrast to 18% of working age adults. And I'm keen to hear more about why you think that is. But first, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? Yeah, of course. I'm Lisa McAteer. I'm currently working at Balfour Beatty in rail systems as a legacy and engagement manager, which means I get to indulge my passion for all things social impact, as well as talking about diversity and inclusion as part of my day job. It's absolutely wonderful. I'm also co-chair of Balfour Beatty's um, uh, Ability Affinity Network and co-chair of the Constructability, which is a, a network uh, outside of, of Balfour Beatty for all of the construction housing and engineering sector um, and we'd love for people to join us there. Um, I am passionate about disability. I worked in a third sector for a large disability charity for uh, over 20 years um, and then um, myself acquired a, a, a disability um, some time ago uh, when I got the uh, devastating diagnosis of um, uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma which for those of you who don't know is a type of blood cancer. Um, a, a real change to my life as you can imagine um, that first diagnosis brought uh, some harsh uh, chemotherapy and radiotherapy which has left um, some life-changing conditions uh, particularly to kind of respiratory heart and lungs where the uh, radiotherapy uh, was targeted right at my chest and has has scarred heart and lungs um, also some you know with some psychological scars as you can imagine from the trauma but um, most of that trauma came from a second diagnosis only five years after the first which was absolutely out of the blue because just getting my life back on track as it were and trying to suppress all of that awful stuff that had happened and then bang here we go again uh, and this time it was um, a much more aggressive form of cancer and the only treatment open to me was um, a stem cell transplant and some of your listeners might know that better bone marrow transplant and in order to do that um, they have to actually kind of just wipe out your system completely so you go back to absolute biological and chemistry basics um, and in order to do that as you can imagine that chemotherapy is the harshest form of chemotherapy uh, uh, and then once your cells have completely disappeared you get your cells back and hopefully your system restarts itself and behaves itself um, from then on and actually the delight for me is nearly 10 years later now here I am um, yes awful terrible time for not only for me but as you can imagine for family particularly um, having a, a teenage child at the time um, but where here I am, happy, healthy, um, yes, with a disability, but um, back on track. That's that's 
sounds horrendous. Thank you for sharing your story with us. Um, and you, when you say you, you've been through those two awful experiences and it's amazing that you're seeing the positive and you're being a champion out there, raising awareness and changing the narrative on disability. But what strikes me is when people think of disability at work, they tend to think of wheelchair users or people who are blind or people who are deaf and not people like you who have this long term uh, disability that you've been left with as a result of a very severe illness. So just for our listeners, could you define what's meant by the term disability? Yeah, of course, Jane. So the um, the definition in law comes from the Equality Act 20. 10 which replaced the disability discrimination act uh, and the definition there is a person has a disability if they have a physical or mental impairment and the impairment has a substantial and long-term adverse effect on their ability to carry out normal day-to-day -day activities so there it is in law um, but actually i think it's more about how how you self-identify too. So if you have a condition, whether that's a mental or physical condition um, that has made a difference to your ability to carry out day-to-day -day tasks or to retain your employment as, as you were able to before you acquired um, that disability or health condition, then that is a disability. And of course, disabilities are you are born with a disability or you acquire a disability. And, and unfortunately, you know, over the, the last few decades, we have seen a number of, of, of wars, which has meant we have more and more veterans returning um, from those conflicts with life changing um, injuries, with lost limbs, uh, with post-traumatic stress disorder, with mental health conditions. Um, and so that's one group of people that obviously we've seen more and more conditions of, but have actually raised awareness too. And we're seeing a, a, a lot more positive role models in the sports space as well, aren't we, with disabilities and, and, and the Olympics and all of the wonderful role models that come from there. So I think we're learning more about it, but lots and so many health conditions and so many conditions that fall into this term, Jane, of disability. I think the the list is endless and growing. Yes, yes. And then so we're back to that staggering statistic of in the construction centre, just in the construction sector, just 0.1% of people declaring a disability and too many people falling under the prefer not to say category. What, what do you think are some of the reasons behind this, Lisa? Yeah, um, first of all, I think I would say that it's it's not unique to construction sector, uh, but I think it's still something that people are reluctant to hold their hand up and say, this is me, I'm disabled. Uh, one, I think because that kind of term, that badge still has some negative connotations to people. Um, it, people themselves who, who have a disability sometimes feel that people are, you know, thinking of them in, in a negative way if they hold their hand up and say, and employers, I think, still don't always understand what that means or are fearful that that's going to mean that they're going to have to pay more, do something different, do something that will be uh, difficult for them to accommodate. There are lots of kind of misconceptions around that, Jane, I think. And it's also about still not having those conversations in, in a day-to-day -day way, still not talking about disability uh, and still not maybe um, being as curious as we could be about disability. Really good points. And so picking up that 
uh, then I, I would agree that sometimes employers are hesitant because as soon as they see that word, they think, OK, there's adjustments, there's things that we're going to have to do. This is going to have to be difficult. Is that true, Lisa? Is that always the case? Um, well, it's not always the case, number one. So a lot of people with um, who, who are disabled will need no adjustments at all and will have their own ways of working around their disability and will cope very well and nobody will ever need to do anything or know anything if that's what they want. Uh, but the reality, Jane, is that when you do uh, need an adjustment, you should absolutely get that. Well, in law, you should. But most workplace adjustments cost less than £180 and wow. many of them are actually free. Wow, that's amazing. So people are, are, are you know, need to be aware of this. So when when I still think there's a, a case sometimes, would you agree that if people aren't willing to put their hands up and and talk about their disability then it's much harder for them to talk about their their needs how can everybody not just employers you know regardless of policies or reasonable adjustments to make people feel included and belong how can we all really open respectful inclusive conversations with our colleagues that inclusive and respectful is so important isn't it Jane and I think it's about um being really curious and asking respectful questions. If you have a colleague that who you know has a health condition or a disability and has already shared that, because again, I think some of the language we use, so we say declare as if it's something that we need to kind of you know, shout about in a in an odd sort of way. Whereas in fact, if we just <laughs> share that, it, it seems much more uh, of a, a, a thing that we would all do, right? So we would share things about our families, we would share things about our home situation and therefore we could we would share that we have a health condition or disability and, and we would do that I think if somebody was curious about us so if somebody mm -hmm. asked me about my health condition disability I would happily share that with them so it's about asking those questions and it could be that if you know about it that you say well I, I saw something on on TV last night or I saw a uh, a podcast or uh, I, I listened to a podcast or a sort of blog or whatever that is and I was curious to understand more about what's and what's your experience of it can would you help me understand what it's like from your perspective so there's lots of really respectful ways we can do that and if if somebody hasn't shared Jane but we we think potentially there is something um, different about something that we want to understand more about we could simply say that I've, I've noticed that you um, need to um, or, or that you use a quiet space but is there anything that I can support you with what is there anything that you think that would help you if we understood more about so I just think lots of respectful questions and lots of open conversations brilliant and it's it's about finding the time really isn't it to to notice and engage with your colleagues and and have that respectful curiosity um, back to employers, um, you, you mentioned earlier access to work as a possible uh, tool to help people learn more about reasonable adjustments. Absolutely. Access to work is a great resource. So it's a, a government funded programme um, and find lots of information on the gov.uk uh, website about this. And, and there is funding available for uh, for adjustments and whether that's a bit of kit that somebody might need or whether that's a human intervention that somebody might need, for example, um, sign language interpreter or a job coach, then access to work could potentially um, help out with that. And sometimes 
covering all the cost and sometimes covering part of the cost. So it's really worth exploring what's available through that scheme. Brilliant. And that's great advice because Accenture produced some research that showed um, employers who were considered to be inclusive and disability champions had 30% higher profits than those that were not. So there's this huge pool of talent out there that, that you know, we are able to access. And in terms of individuals, again, if we wanted to get more involved in terms of becoming a member of a network or an ally, what, what would you recommend? How would we start? I think have a look at in your workplace. I mean, lots of organisations um, have um, affinity networks now. Um, and so there's always an opportunity to get involved there, either as a member or, or very much as an ally. Um, and we can all be great allies, Jane, just by kind of supporting things that go on. So if you don't feel you can be or want to be a member of any sort of organisation, then you can support those organisations by um, using your, your social networks and uh, talking about things openly, uh, supporting in any way that you can. So campaigns, for example, get behind them. It's Mental Health Awareness Week uh, this week in, in May. So we can get involved by just promoting the stuff that's going on and starting those conversations, continuing those conversations uh, about mental health, which then opens the door to conversations about other disabilities. Wonderful. That's brilliant. Lisa, I know you're a very busy woman, so thank you for sharing your story and expertise with us today and helping us to change the narrative on disability at work. You're very welcome, Jane. Always up for an opportunity to talk about disability, so thank you. <laughs> thank you.